We finally made it. It's draft day. That's the focus of today's TDN Daily. And welcome into the Thursday edition of the TDN Daily Podcast. And folks, we have made it. We have made it to draft day. Just a few short hours from now, the start of the 2023 NFL Draft. And we are having a little bit of a pre-hype show here on YouTube, here in the podcast feed as we get you ready for the festivities tonight. It feels like I'm waking up on Christmas morning, all the gifts are underneath the tree, and I don't know what's in any of them. None of us know what is in any of the gifts uh, tonight here for the 2023 NFL Draft. So it should be uh, a lot of fun. I have finally put it together the predictive mock I sent it in last night it is up on the site it is done it is submitted to the huddle report contest there is no turning back so we're going to talk about that today my process what I expect to happen tonight things I'll be keeping an eye on and whatever else you guys might have here throughout the course of the show and I want to start with something that Sam mentioned in the chat uh, and he said that it took him three hours to make 31 picks and he hated every minute of it I don't want to explain to everybody the amount of painstaking detail I went through in order to get this mock done. It took a while. I'll just share the Cliff Notes version. I had a pretty early flight leaving out of Phoenix to get here to Kansas City, so went to the airport a little bit earlier to kind of avoid uh, not being able to get a ride in the morning. So I was there kind of overnight into my early flight at like 3, 4 in the morning. And so I spent the wee hours of the morning in a very, very empty Sky Harbor International Airport. I found a dark corner of the airport. Nobody was around me, and I just had my phone. I had some music in my ears, and I said, you know what we're going to do? I'm going to give this one full run-through. I'm just going to go 1 to 31, gut reaction. I'll think about it a little bit, and I'll put it together. And then from there, that was the base that I had for the entire day. I will tell you, not a lot of that ended up sticking. I moved a couple of things as the, as the course of the day went on. And the most important thing for me was figuring out what I wanted to do with the quarterbacks. That ultimately was kind of the linchpin into figuring out how the rest of the board was going to fall. And so for those of you who may not know the way the, the huddle report works is you can, you can predict trades and you can have teams move around, but it doesn't get you, get you any points if you get that part of it right, right? So if I wanted to have a team trade up, um, I did so with the mindset of it allowed me to make the board fall in a way that I thought made sense, um, but also kind of hedge against the idea of maybe they trade up further or maybe they can stay in their spot and still get the guy. So a lot of things kind of played into that. But ultimately, where I ended up is with Bryce going number one, um, I had Will Levis going number four to the Colts, and then that obviously called a, uh, caused a ripple effect. Um, I got Minnesota trading up to 12 to be able to get Anthony Richardson. I do not think they're going to be able to move up inside the top five tonight. Um, and so that's that was kind of a, a hard thing for me. I believe a lot of the noise of the Vikings trying to move up and the, and the Vikings trying to angle to get a quarterback, but I just didn't think they could get up to two or three. So I thought, well, what if we could get them up to 12? What quarterback could I see falling there that could make some sense? I ultimately ended up allowing it to be Anthony Richardson, which kind of fits in with the idea of giving Kirk Cousins one more run. So I kind of liked it from that perspective. And then I had the quarterback that fell being CJ Stroud. And then I had a team that we had not discussed at all, even considering a quarterback, but needs a quarterback sensing on the opportunity in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and moving up to get CJ Stroud. So once I did that, uh, a lot of other things naturally fell into place. I've been big on the Tyree Wilson to Houston at two. Um, That's kind of been where the the tides have been kind of um, moving at at this juncture, this late in the process. Um, So that's how I felt on that. Um, I don't think Arizona um, can is going to be able to move. I think they the ship has sailed on that. I think it's going to be really tough. Um, and them moving causes a lot of problems. Um, trying to orchestrate a scenario where they um, move around um, 
just it makes it hard to fit certain players, and so I wanted to do one without that. And ultimately, I feel like it's going to be harder for them to trade because uh, if they don't have a trade done before the the, the draft starts, I think it's going to be really hard for a team to come up a bunch of spots on draft night to get a quarterback that high inside the top five. I just think it's going to be impossible. So I ended up staying there, uh, and I went Will Anderson. I'm not buying this Paris Johnson stuff. Um, and then you know that kind of flew out. You know, I was able to fill out the board. Jalen Carter at five is a big one for me. Um, but I see some some comments in the chat. Sam says you and I agree on a lot of picks, Chris, which makes me feel like we're both about to be horribly wrong. I mean, I will tell you, Sam, that was kind of my reaction when you tweeted at me last night the idea that we have like nine of the first 11 picks being the same uh, and there was there were some in there that I, I thought I was going a little bit outside I know there have been some people talking about it but I thought Nolan Smith at 10 would be something that would kind of set me apart um, I thought Mozzie Smith at 26 to Dallas would be something that set me apart I know you've got that as well um, yeah I mean I, the, I, again I, I considered probably by the end of the day for the 31 spots, I probably considered 45 to 50 players and had different variations where guys um, fell in. And I will tell you, I got done with it a couple of times and I went, darn, these two or three players are not in there. And I had to go back to the drawing board and start over. Like I had to completely do it again because I'm like, I need this player in here. So it, it's a great thought exercise. It makes me feel incredibly prepared for whatever chaos could ultimately come tonight. And I will probably say multiple times uh, during the live stream tonight, uh, hey, I thought about this. I had this written down at one point and it, it'll be fun uh, to kind of see how it all uh, plays out. Uh, Sports not thoughts about DJ and Josh Norris hearing the Texans try to move up to three for Shroud. Again, you, you, when you look at this this late in the process, right, how much have we heard about the idea of them doing this before this week? How much of that noise have we really heard? And the answer is very minimal, if any at all. And so I do not put a lot of weight into what we are hearing this late in the process because, again, um, they would have to move up from 12 to 3. And on draft night, when they're picking it too, maybe they spend that time talking to the Cardinals to try to also move up to three and then go from there. But it's very hard, very, very difficult to pull off a trade um, inside the top 10 uh, on draft night when everything's happening. So if it gets done beforehand, maybe. And again, it can get done beforehand because they can talk right now and get to three and then they'll know what they want to do and then that will change everything. And then I think quarterback's completely back uh, on the menu if they trade up to three. Um, but I don't buy it right now. I am not going to sit here and say that I believe that that's what the Texans are going to do. I think the Texans are going to pass on a quarterback at two and take a pass rusher. Um, and then I have them trading out of 12 and then getting a receiver later on. But it's also a receiver that they could end up getting a 12. So I feel pretty good uh, about that. Trevor says the Vikings trade up in round one with only five picks in the draft right now. Well, you know, Trevor, there's future picks that they could they could include in that deal, um, and future ones or potentially future picks could set them up for success. And so, um, I just felt that that made the most sense considering the noise that we've heard right now about them potentially moving up. And to your point about only having five picks in the draft, that's what made it very very difficult for me to potentially have them move up to three because the amount of draft capital that that would require would just be enormous. Moving up 10 spots, we see that pretty commonplace. That is not a, a thing that we don't see on a regular basis. So um, I kind of didn't necessarily think that it was that far-fetched to see that happening. I see some people in the chat talking about Tyree Kill, uh, saying I got in inside info and a winky face. I mean, I would, and then somebody talking about in the chat, does that mean Dalvin Cook? I mean, potentially, I'm just going to check Twitter real quick because I don't have it open while I'm doing this to make sure that there isn't any breaking news here while this has gone on. doesn't really look like um, that is the case. So, But that is one of those guys that you want to file away on draft night trades. Dalvin Cook, somebody that we could probably be talking about. DeAndre Hopkins is somebody that we could probably be talking about um, as guys that could get traded. Maybe not necessarily tonight. There's no real impetus because I don't know if any of those guys are going to fetch a first-round pick. But, you know, deadlines per action and teams may want to get that uh, that deal's done. Uh, Braden, with inside information, says 31 picks will be made. That's um, it's a bold take of you, Braden, to say all 31 picks ultimately get made. Sports not how far does Levis fall if he gets past Indy? Well, I will tell you, I, I, I still think the floor for him is wherever Minnesota would like to go up and get him. 
right? And so I, I don't think he falls outside of the top 15. Um, I think four's in play. I think you could entertain the idea of, of Minnesota trading up to 10 to the Eagles, trading up to 12 with the Texans. Um, lots of different options. So I think I still think he'll go inside the top 15 um, when everything is set and done. Um, so I don't think he'll fall that far if he gets past Indy. Because, again, I've, I, I had versions of my mock, my final predictive mock, that had um, the Colts taking Richardson at four and then the Vikings just getting Will Levis at 12. And so for, for the sake of this, I just flipped them um, because I just, at the end of the day, thought that the Colts and Will Levis made a little bit more sense um, than Anthony Richardson did. So I just flipped those two. So it's always been 4-12 and 12 for me for those two guys just in some kind of order. Um, what's the ceiling for Hendon Hooker tonight? The ceiling for Hendon Hooker tonight. Okay, let me pull up the Tankathon list of the teams just to make sure I don't speak out of turn here um 19 to Tampa might be this might be the ceiling um 20 to Seattle let me think we, we 25 to the Giants or another team I'm just naming teams that we think could do this um and that's really it right maybe Minnesota at 23 Tampa at 19 is probably the ceiling I don't think any team higher than that will consider it I don't think Detroit will at 18 I don't think Washington will at 16 um, and then, you know, after that, you're inside the top 14, and I don't think there's a team that will consider Hennon Hooker that high. So 19, maybe the, maybe the ceiling, if I'm, if I'm being super optimistic. The realistic ceiling, probably 23 or 25, Minnesota or the Giants, um, if we're talking first round. Um, I didn't get him there. I did not have him there. I will tell you, there was not a single version, not a single version of my predictive mock and all the versions that I did where I could find a spot for Hennon Hooker. I wanted to. I wanted to have a team trade back in, um, but I just couldn't get there. There were so many other players that I, I thought um, needed to get into the first round and fit them in and didn't necessarily um, you know, find a spot for him. But I don't think it's possible. Trevor says, Bijan to the Bears at number nine. Reddit is never wrong. Can we talk about this real quick as, as a group here at, at the chat? I love, I love Reddit. I'm a, I'm a frequenter of Reddit on all the various subreddits, right? Love it. It's one of my favorite, you know, social media, quote-unquote, platforms out there, right? I love it for the, the content aggregation, the, 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 some of the comments and content that you get from there. It, it's, it's, it's a good time, right? But you can't tell me that somebody on Reddit knows that Bijan's going to the Bears at 9 because the Bears don't know if Bijan's going to be available at 9. So I don't know how you can say with any, any level of certainty that the Bears are going to pick Bijan at 9. You don't know if he's going to be there. Like, it's one thing for somebody to go on our sportsbook and say, Will Levis, the pick at number one, he's telling his friends and family, lock it in, right? It's the number one pick. There's nothing standing in the Carolina Panthers' way of doing that other than their own volition. For number nine, there are eight teams they're going to pick. And there are three teams inside that mix that we think are potential landing spots for Bijan. Atlanta, potentially Vegas, even Detroit at six. So you've got three teams, six, seven, and eight, that could all realistically turn in the card and it says B. John Robinson's name on it. So anybody p claiming with any level of certainty that they know somebody inside the organization that knows that, that the pick is B. John, they don't know that inside the organization. So just very weird to me um, that, that that's what we're kind of claiming to this late in the process. Uh, Brayden says, does QJ go tonight? Seems like more buzz lately on Addison outside of JSN and Zay. I got there, Brayden. I got to four receivers in the first round. I had JSN to the Packers. Um, I had QJ to the Texans. I had Jordan Addison to the Ravens, and I had Zay Flowers to the Chiefs. Those were the four fits that I was able to get to uh, for wide receivers. Um, I just kept coming back to the idea that those teams 
um, need wide receiver help. And those are the four names. If you had to tell me right now, Chris, there are going to be four wide receivers that go in the first round tonight. Which four would you pick? These would be the four. There's not any other name that I would I would even consider. I wouldn't consider a Josh Downs. I wouldn't consider a Jalen Hyatt. Um, I wouldn't consider a Cedric Tillman. Eugene, you missed nothing. We're just hanging out, having a good time, recording TDN daily, having a little pre-show hype, um, you know, pre-draft hype, I should say. Uh, but we're doing the live show. You haven't missed anything. So if there's anything that you want to discuss here uh, about the draft ahead of, of tonight's festivities, please go ahead uh, and throw it in the chat. But we're just hanging out, having a good time. Uh, not a super, you know, formal version of this show that we normally do. We're just hanging out and bantering uh, here live from the content house in Kansas City uh, as we are just hours away. I'm very, very excited. I woke up this morning and uh, you could feel the buzz in the air here in Kansas City for what's about to happen uh, in just a few short hours. So, uh, but anything else that you guys want to talk about when it comes to my predictive mock, what you guys think are gonna is going to happen tonight? I mean, truly, this draft starts at number two, right? If if we are to believe that Bryce Young will be the pick at number one of the Carolina Panthers, Houston is the team that could be the curveball here because there have been two camps of they're not going to take a quarterback or they're going to take a pass rusher, right? Those are the two camps that you find yourself in. Well, if you open up the door for them to take a quarterback that's not named Bryce Young, all bets are off. Everything that I put in my mock is going to be completely completely wrong, right? I'm not going to get a single um, team fit. Uh, team and player match tonight, probably. I'm not going to get many of them. Um, so if they go quarterback, it's going to cause a lot of chaos and it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I think that if they go edge, then we start to see, okay, let's answer this quarterback question. What does Indy do? Does a team try to trade into three? Does Minnesota still pick up the phone and try to get up there? Now we can start to explore those kinds of thought experiments that we've been doing over the last couple of weeks. Um, Brayden says, if you had barbecue yet, sorry if I missed that one. We have not had barbecue yet. This is only day, I guess te technically day one and a half here. So no barbecue yet, but I do promise you, Brayden, before those wheels take off uh, on Monday morning for me uh, to head back to Phoenix, I will have some Kansas City barbecue for you and give you a full review here on one of the shows. Uh, Eugene, what's the one guy that you wanted to put in your predictive mock that didn't make the cut? I will tell you, there is a specific player team fit that I loved. Um, two of them, actually. Uh, one of which was a player that I was able to keep in there. The other, I had to move it out. Um, I loved mocking Jameer Gibbs to the Lions. I talked about it in the predictive show that Jamie and I did um, on Monday. It constantly got in the way of me fitting in other players, so I had to get off of that. That is a predictive player team fit that I just love uh, in this draft. Don't know if it's necessarily going to happen, but I loved it, but I had to move off of it. The player that didn't make the cut, that I found a spot and I got really excited about, was the idea of the Cincinnati Bengals, and this maybe potentially answers Trevor, Trevor's question about withstanding your mock, call the consensus day two, day three talent that will inevitably get picked in the first round. I loved the idea of giving the Cincinnati Bengals Matthew Bergeron, um, a guy that swing tackle, played right tackle to start his college career, then played left tackle. They're going to need um, a right tackle with Jonah Williams demanding um, a trade, wanting out of there. So there was a really interesting fit to get a name that's kind of outside the consensus um, in the mix there. And, I, and, the, and the moment I put it down, I went, wow, I really like this. I like that it's different. I like that it makes sense. I like that it's one of the names that we're kind of talking about that could be a late riser in this process and maybe surprise everybody with being a first round. Uh, but ultimately, I took it out by the time everything was done because I didn't necessarily like some of the players uh, that I left off the board. So uh, it, it just it, it there are so many different scenarios that you that you play out. There are so many different versions of this that you do, um, and there are versions of where I, I like a pocket of five picks, but it doesn't work with other sections, and so you have to kind of piece all that together into something uh, that you like. Tuttle says I think Baltimore trades back for picks and trades for D Hop before the draft is over. Certainly a very likely scenario for for Baltimore to end up with D Hop. Don't know if they necessarily trade back. They might stick and pick a another wide receiver. They certainly need um, wide receiver help. Uh, Donovan says, what do you have the Steelers doing at 17? Now, this is going to make everybody laugh. I don't remember. I had so many different versions of this. I believe, and I'm going to pull it up on the site, I'm pretty sure that it's Deontay Banks, the corner out of uh, Maryland, is where I ended up with 
um, the, the Steelers. Because I had Joey Porter Jr. at one point, um, and I had that a lot. Um, I had that a lot. So I'm going to pull it up here because I have my, my, my mock here uh, on screen. I'll scroll down to, to make sure. That I'm telling the truth here. Yeah, Deontay Banks, corner from Maryland, is what I have at 17 to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Eugene says, thoughts on more running backs getting drafted than wide receivers? I can't see that. Um, if you're talking specifically in the first round, um, I think you're getting at least three wide receivers in the first round, and I do not believe we are on the planet or we are in the timeline where three running backs go in the first round um, because there's a consensus top two. There's not a consensus on who the third guy is going to be. I think you're going to ask some people, and they're going to say it's Tajay Spears, but they're worried about the medicals. There are going to be some people who say it's Zach Charbonnet because he's a more well-rounded player. You are going to get probably five or six different answers to to who the RB3 is in this class. And so because of that, I can't see us getting there to where a third running back goes in the first round. So if you're Gene, your question was about first round, more running backs than wide receivers, I can't get there. Didn't even Not a thought um, that even crossed my mind at any point uh, when it came to uh, the first round of the draft. So no, I, I think... I think bare minimum they'll tie. Um, I think you know two wide receivers and two running backs will go, and that's if you believe the two running backs will go. I do, um, and I put my money where my mouth is with that, with the over one and a half um, before I you know got here uh, to uh, to Kansas City. Trevor says outside of the top ten, uh, what is the chalkiest pick that will in fact happen? Let me look at my mock and see what I always did in the mock draft. Uh, Sports not does Atlanta pass on Bijan if he's there? I certainly didn't have them doing it. Um, Al, that's very funny that you said that you've never seen me without a baseball cap. It's because I haven't had a haircut in a while. So now that I've got the haircut for the work trip here, I've now I don't have a hat on. I, and there's not one nearby that I can maybe put on for you to to, to so that maybe it looks a little bit more normal. So no baseball cap here today. Maybe I'll rock one here uh, tonight for the for the live show. Um, let me let me look here, Trevor, to see if there's anybody that I think was like a chalk pick that I always had every time I did this. Um, Oh boy, let me let me scroll through here. There's really not. There really isn't one that that constantly made sense. I mean, I constantly had Brian Branch to the Giants, but like I don't think that's a that's a chalk pick whatsoever. Um, John Michael Schmitz, I always had going to Seattle in one way or another, but again, I don't think that's chalk. Um, I don't really think there's a lot of chalk outside the top ten, unless you unless you believe that Jackson Smith and Jigba to the Packers, like I do. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't have wide receiver to the Giants, so that's not you know that could be the that could be what you're talking about when it comes to to, to a chalky pick, but. Um, Tyree Wilson is plus money right now to go at two. Is, is he still the favorite, or has somebody else moved into that spot? Um, is somebody else the favorite to be number two? I know Will Levis's odds have kind of been moving around this week, as mentioned on a numerous number of shows, both here um, and prospects and props. So wouldn't be surprised to see the money move around. I, Broderick Jones not making it to the Jets. Ah, Trevor, au contraire, my friend. Au contraire. I still have the Jets snagging Broderick Jones just at 19 uh, instead of at 15. I had them doing a swap with Tampa so Tampa could get C.J. Stroud, uh, and I have them getting to um, Broderick at 19, which is kind of a hedge because if they just stay at 15 and pick him, I can still get the, the player match. Um, I just came from PFF Live, and they didn't have uh, they, they didn't take an O tackle. Jacks have a poor right tackle, and their starting left tackle got suspended. Yeah, I mean we don't know enough about that that situation yet with Cam Robinson. Um, I don't I don't know. Um, I, I don't know necessarily, Al. If we can take, you know, full value. I mean, again, I, I took the suspension of Jameson Williams and tried to extrapolate that into Jameer Gibbs to the Lions in the first round, and it, it messed too many things up when I thought about it that way. So um, I would kind of hedge against that. Um, Donovan says, I'm scared of that pick. What if he's the next Artie Burns? Sportsnut says, how many tight ends go in round one? I have one. I think at most two, but I have one. And I don't love it because one of the players that I constantly kept having out of my mock drafts was Dalton Kincaid, and it didn't make me feel very good uh, to constantly have him out of there. Uh, Braden says, scale of 1 to 10, how confident are you in the Jets' results making you happy tonight? I would say 8.5. I'll leave the room for them to, to, to disappoint me. But, Braden, I don't, 
I don't have many expectations. I want them to get an offensive tackle, but I'm also incredibly realistic that none of the tackles might be on the board when they pick at 15. And so when that happens, the world's their oyster. They could pick any player and I would like it because I don't have another positional need that matches up with the way the board more than likely is going to play out in the first round. They need a safety. I don't think they're taking Brian Branch at 15. Um, They need a linebacker. I don't think they're taking a linebacker at 15 or in the first round. So when the things that I think are real strong needs don't match up from a player positional value perspective in this draft class, then I think they could do whatever. And I'm going to be like, great. They got a great player, right? As long as I think it, as long as I like the player, um, you know, and that's what I'll leave the one and a half up for them to pick a player that I don't necessarily like, right? Everybody knows my thoughts on Peter Skaronsky that I don't know necessarily where he would fit in this offensive line for the New York jets. So I'll leave the one and a half open for interpretation on the exact player they pick, but more than likely, the process and what leads them to making the decision, I'm going to like, um, you know, like pretty much. Al says they will protect Rodgers. I agree, Al, but that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that the offensive lineman that they want is going to be there at 15. Um, they they introduced another variable by adding the the New England Patriots, who could very very easily take an offensive lineman in the first round. Predictably, I have them going Christian Gonzalez, but they if if it's not corner, it's going to be offensive lineman. So you added another element by doing the pick swap with Green Bay, of this is a team that could get in our way. This is a team that could um, ultimately take the player that we want. Um, Trevor says, call the first round snipe job. Which team is trading ahead of what other team for which player? I'll give it to you. It's the Chiefs hopping the Ravens for Zay Flowers. Um, and in order to do that, there's a stretch of pot, of teams where it's all AFC teams that are not going to be willy-nilly. Here you go, Patrick Mahomes. Let's just invite you and your team all the way up to get, say, Flowers. No, we're not going to let that happen. So they've got to go all the way up to 20 to do it, and they talk to an NFC team in Seattle. So, um, And that kind of ties into Eugene's question. Did, did you have any trades in your mock? Eugene, did I have any trades in my mock? Tell me you didn't see the mock without telling me you didn't see the mock. I mean, I've got Tampa trading up four spots to get C.J. Stroud. I have Minnesota trading up to get Anthony Richardson. Um, I've got trades all over the place, dude. I mean, we've Got, we've got trades everywhere, not even to include the trades that have already happened in the lead-up to the draft. So we got teams picking all over the place here uh, in the first round. But, yes, I had a couple of big ones. The C.J. Stroud swap um, with, with Tampa and New York to be able to have them go at 15. And then the Minnesota-Houston swap to allow Minnesota to take Anthony Richardson would be the two uh, that I would really kind of point out. And then the third being Seattle and Kansas City swapping. Uh, Seattle dropping back 30 spots to get um, John Michael Schmitz, or uh, 10 spots to 31 to get John Michael Schmitz, and uh, Kansas City coming up to get Zay Flowers. So, yeah, I mean, it's on. It, all, I will tell you, uh, Eugene, every single member of TDN's uh, staff's predictive mocks, final predictive mocks, are on the website under the mock draft tab. So if you go to the mock draft tab, you will see everybody's uh, final predictive mocks, mocks. So mine, Jamie's, all the members of the scouting team, all the members of the content team, they are all there um, on the website for, for you to see. So um, that is going to do it for us here on the uh, podcast edition of the show. We will continue the post-show YouTube edition here so we can banter for a little bit longer uh, before I've got some other stuff uh, that I need to take care of. So, And we're going to do a little bit of a run in here at the end of the podcast from our good friend Jamie Eisner. He's not going to say anything, even though I'm saying goodbye to the podcast audience. So that's only for you watching on the YouTube channel. Again, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time every single day of the week. We do things over on the YouTube channel. If you're a member of TDM Premium and you're listening to this tonight, live stream on YouTube, uh, you will get a private link to the stream where I will be doing a live watch along uh, to the to the NFL draft tonight, so you're going to want to to be a part of that a little bit later on. So appreciate everybody listening to the podcast feed, rating, reviewing, subscribing to the show. YouTube listeners, don't go anywhere. Uh, we're going to continue with the post show here in just a second. But everybody, enjoy the draft. We will be back with a full reaction show tomorrow and a preview of rounds two and three. So we look forward to it. Everybody, have a great rest of your Thursday. Enjoy the draft. I'll talk to you tomorrow.